Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think you got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And away we go on a Tuesday. What positions? we got 21 other positions. You want to call in? Who do you want starting for Syracuse football? On Saturday night, we'll just open up the phones. You want to replace the cornerback, the safety, the defensive tackle? We're just we're gonna have a vote. What a godsend for sports radio. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Usually in communities like this, you know. Well, I, obviously Syracuse is the big dog in the area, but I there, there isn't as many local stories that drive people. But yeah, you want to call in, tell us who should be. We'll just we'll we'll have a little tally board. We'll take that. Dry erase whiteboard that they use for the Daniel Baldwin shows. That have another side to her? Do we? No, need, we're do not. we need to erase? Can we get rid of those stupid? No, how dare you! I can't believe that's still a thing. You guys draw logos on the show, and that's is that funny? It's hysterical because the kid okay. spells things wrong, like the oh Dodgers. He spells Dodgers wrong. I see the Boston B, spelled- so you changed it to the World Series for today. Um, and we'll just every position. We'll just have people call in. Who do you want to see? Has any other show on our station had the brains to throw a Twitter poll up? Probably not. Probably not. I think you uh, already know the answer to that question before asking it here. <laughs> if it involves it? brains <laughs> and this radio station, then pretty much you're looking in the wrong. So I'm going to throw I locked up, I locked, locked up there. See how I did that? I'm about to create a poll for this show. Twitter poll? Yeah. Who should start a quarterback? Do I put every quarterback? Is that is that uh, too simplistic? Yeah, where's the Clayton Welch vote? I would love to do this to the average person. Like, you, you know what, Bill and Sales, you're not quite pulling your weight. And Ted in, yeah. this, in the cubicle down the street. You've had this position for four years. <laughs> That's enough. You, you've been would in, you, you, how would you could feel? do that to you. You've been employee of the month once. Yeah. Shoot, actually, I'm coming around to this idea now. Maybe we can get a, a backup into Polly's position. How would you feel? It wouldn't if take much for a backup Polly to uh, outshine him for half a show. <laughs> <laughs> you pulled this show to victory. How would you feel if people were just calling like the radio and telling you, you weren't good at your job anymore and we think you should be replaced? That's right. Bill, who works at Crucible, <laughs> should be, you know, come on. Come on. The guy who made your sandwich. Sandwich artists aren't what they used to be. We're going to call in the backup. This person's going to make my sandwiches for the rest of the year. Had a call yesterday. I will be disappointed if my chosen quarterback is not the starter. Why? I don't get it. Like, do you, do you, I don't. We made abundantly clear that you and I don't watch sports the same way people do. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to watch the team win. I don't care who does it. Well, I think. People have flipped their mind to. My understanding is that the the people who call that the that are stumping for Tommy DeVito are doing so thinking this is the only way you can win games, the only guy that's going to win a game. And I think I made my position clear yesterday. Tommy DeVito's 
really promising quarterback. I think great things are ahead for him. They might be ahead for him this year. I'm just not saying that he's starting this game this week. And I think Stephen Fonny's analogy is pretty apt. Dungey's in a little bit of a slump. I think he earns a little bit of leash to get himself out. And slump, I think, is probably an inappropriate term because it's not like he's been completely sucking wind here. They just haven't been super efficient. He looks, uh, I'm going to use the word beleaguered to mean a, a kind of a combination of, like, I don't think he's literally fatigued. I just think he doesn't have quite the bounce in his step or the strength in his arm that he does when he's fresh and at his best. Tommy DeVito does have that. He's a freshman. He hasn't played much. He hasn't practiced as much. He comes in and starts slinging rockets around the field. Looked great. It was awesome. But it's also not necessarily sustainable. We're, we're about to find out. Not going to hear from the quarterbacks. The uh, My understanding is that the interview session tonight with the players, quarterbacks are not going to be there. But we'll uh, if there's more on that, we'll... We'll share that. Hopefully they, uh, and if there are, they are there, we'll share that too. I have created a poll on ESPN Syracuse oh, Twitter. Who should start at quarterback versus NC State? Versus is the word. Is the word verse or versus? Ah, versus is the answer. This is that would where be we've got to go. Okay. Uh, one Tommy DeVito, one Eric Dungy. So there you go. You can choose from the two. Those are my only choices? <laughs> what about Joe Montana? Those are your picks. Oh, Eric oh. Dungy is it's he got the one vote first vote. <laughs> you got thirty minutes. I've never on this actually, poll. you know, that's pretty cool. That's a uh, I've seen the Twitter poll before. I've never been watching it as it changed. So there you go. Eric that's kind of neat. So that's up on the uh, at ESPN Syracuse. I will call Twitter Coach feed. Baber with the results and <laughs> right. make sure he gets well, them. You'll, you'll see him uh, Thursday night. The Dino Baber show. No, so, I'll be with you. Oh, or you will. Yeah. Up at the dome. Tim Backer will be over there. Okay. Well, I'll give the results to Tim. <laughs> oh, it's 50-50. It's happening before my eyes. Okay, well, that's cool. We can keep an eye on that over the course of the show. It's obviously a very scientific uh, poll. We'll have uh, Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up. They switch quarterbacks. Started with uh, All the cool kids Ryan Fitzpatrick, who was their backup. He was playing great. Let it ride for a while. And then, guess what? The face of their organization is Jameis Winston. He's back at quarterback. Whoa. They happened to win close this uh, past weekend. You're going to watch like every, yes. you're going to react to every vote. Votes. It's 50 50. All right, get oh, on there. 67 33. You think people are just, <laughs> just popping that button? Although, you can my, only vote I was going to say on Twitter, you can only really vote once per account. So get on there, folks. We'd like to see that. And uh, really for Polly's amusement more than anything else. I think primarily for the fact that nobody else had run a poll. That's why Polly just uh, put that up. But we've got. I want to share with you a couple of sound bites. They're from two different coaches, one current Syracuse football coach, one former Syracuse football coach. They're talking about two different things, but it might as well be related. One is Dino Baber's comments yesterday on Tommy DeVito, remembering that he did spin his wheels coming out of the gate a little bit. He was not seeded for success. You know, Western Michigan game, eh. Wagner game, he's in there with second and third string, third string center, uh, Ball's going everywhere, and Tommy DeVito did not exactly distinguish himself in the first couple of games. He does come off the bench and is a big part of the comeback or the uh, second half resurgence to uh, to beat Florida State. But then, obviously, this is his most notable contribution as the Orange uh, beat North Carolina in double overtime. And Coach Babers was asked the difference between what he sees from DeVito's play on the field now 
versus his very early days. When you compare the very last time he went out there from the very first time he went out there this year when some were like, hey, you know, why do you say he's going to be good? He fumbled the ball, didn't get a drive, didn't move the football. See, he hasn't played in two years. He's got to get out there, the speed of the game. It's different. It's different practice. Practice speed and game speed's different. He had never been hit. Now he's been hit a couple of times. He got hit in the goal line, pulling the ball and, and turning, uh, being a runner down there. And then, you know, lack of experience, he got, he got baited. By, it was a very advanced move, and he got baited, and he, and he bit. And now he'll remember that. You know, really, really good quarterbacks remember that, and it should never happen again. And that's the really cool thing, and that's the thing that you guys need to understand uh, about quarterback play. There's so many reps that you put into a quarterback, and you can't take those reps back. And they can only get it while they're out there. And – you know, it it gives them an edge that they've seen it before so they know what to do. And that's always good for an offense when you have somebody with a lot of experience that has seen things before and they know what to do. So I think that uh, I'm really proud of where Tommy's at. I think he's working really hard. I think he's been extremely humble and team-oriented about everything that he's done, and I'm looking forward to his future with us. Baber's there, in my mind, actually – in just straightforward answering the question and giving his thoughts on DeVito, also does tip his hand a couple of ways. One, I'm excited about his future with us. He's saying that in quite the way that, you know, I, I think he means down the road. But another thing he said in there is about the value of experience and the things that you've seen. And the more you've seen them, the more beneficial you are. Every team in the country would love to have a uh, four year starting quarterback. And I'm not saying that. By definition, that player is always better than a freshman. He's not. But you've invested a lot in that, and that four-year starting quarterback deserves the benefit of the doubt. Why are changes made? How can a change of quarterback impact the the rest of the roster? That was uh, really a topic with the struggling Jacksonville Jaguars. They uh, really had a lot of expectations this year. They got off to a decent start. They've spun their wheels of late. Everybody knows they're well-built. They've got a very talented roster and a good coach in Doug Marone, what they do not have is a frontline quarterback. Blake Bortles looks great one day and not so great the next. He was benched during the game on Saturday. It does look like he's going to start against the Eagles this weekend, but Doug Marone addressed immediately after the game why he changed his quarterback during the game and the expectations he had for the impact it might make on the rest of the team. The thought process behind it was, you know, you could take all 11 out, but you don't have enough people to put in. So the thought process was, hey, listen, I'm going to take the quarterback out, all right? Uh, it's not like he played worse than anyone else out there. Um, you know, he did have the two, two fumbles, but at the same time, I just literally did it to try to get a damn spark from this football team to put everyone on notice, okay, to that they have to focus and they have to go out there and play better. And, you know, at, at points in the second half, they did that. That's not fair to the quarterback, but that's the way this business is. For me, it's on everyone. It's on everyone as far as we have to look at it. Putting the players out there that can secure the football on offense, do what we need to do to not lose games. We don't even have opportunities to win them when you turn the ball over three times. Well, uh, Doug Marone, we've heard that tone before, and that is professional football, so it's not exactly an apples to uh, apples comparison, but you do get the idea. You change the quarterback as a spark to. Everything else, I think you saw a spark from uh, the Syracuse players at the Carrier Dome on Saturday in the double overtime comeback win against uh, North Carolina. 
And uh, I think you go right back into this Saturday's game with your four-year starter in Eric Dungey. But you're welcome to take part of that poll at ESPN Syracuse on uh, Twitter. You can call us at 437-764-44-ESPN44. Early results, one Eric Dungey, 70%. Okay. Tommy DeVito, 30%. That would be the opposite, yeah. That would be... That would be the correct math. Right, 100 minus 70. Yes. Okay. Well, very good. We'll check into uh, that as we continue. I think that... Did you leave it up for a day or... I left was, it up for this show. So just they've for got the show. 20 minutes left to... to okay, vote. we'll keep an eye on that. We'll get to a break. Come back with uh, Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when we continue In the Booth on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Good to have you back with us in the booth as we roll along on a Tuesday here in central New York talking orange football, whatever might be on your mind as well. You can join us at 437-7644. That's 4ESPN44 to get on the program. Every Tuesday at this time, we talk NFL football with our friend Cam Lynch, the former orange linebacker, now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and a Bucks team, Cam, that got a win on the weekend, another close one, this time with Cleveland, and I know... Anyhow, you can get it into the uh, left-hand column. You're happy to do it. Yes, most definitely. Hey, Matt, uh, it was awesome, man, going in overtime with those guys, just how Q's went overtime this past weekend. It was a great win, and it's not, it's not pretty all the time, but at the end of the day, a win is a win, so I'm glad to take one home. Field goal to win it. Cleveland had been, what, four consecutive overtime games. Uh, they were almost headed to another tie. Uh, tell us how it came about there down the stretch man it's they have a great team over there in cleveland uh better than people think the defense is rolling under greg williams i played under under him at the in st louis with the rams so him and how he had his guys perform out there but we ended up pulling it out man uh you know chandler hit that beast of a kick and we got a big play on special teams to get him that chance to kick the ball and it was just awesome. As soon as he made that that kick, I was like, "Okay, we're we're cooking." I don't see you and uh, Greg Williams having a ton in common, do do you? Would you guys get along? Oh yeah, he he's a man. Uh, he he can be he can be a lot at times, but um, at the same time, he's a great he's a great guy. He gave me my first opportunity, man. So uh, hats off to Greg. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, now with uh, Cleveland, he's certainly been around the block. Most notably, uh, I guess in. Uh, New Orleans, but he'd been in Buffalo. He was head coach in Buffalo and and uh, has uh, certainly been around, but he's uh, quite the character, as there are so many, obviously, uh, in the NFL, and it's uh, incredible to watch week to week how this drama unfolds. You know, here we get a lot of giant stories. They really had another tough go last night, and, and uh, one and six. They've got major problems on their hands for y- your team, the division tightening up, right? The Falcons with their win last night. Saints have a little bit of an edge, a game lead on the Panthers, but I would say the uh, NFC South is still very much up for grabs there, Cam. Oh, yeah. We have a very tough division, um, elite players in our division uh, with Drew Brees, Matty Ice, Cam Newton. So it's going to be a challenge, and it's just week by week to week. So uh, I like our chances. We beat the Saints already. Um, got close against the Falcons, so I think it's our turn to, uh, to take the division this year. That's right. You kind of have a game in hand, don't you, because of that early win to start the season in New Orleans, and that's their only loss to this point. Exactly. That's the only loss. So we, we plan on giving another loss when we play them again, uh, a win on our side, and I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, like I said, we have a tough division, and it's going to be exciting to see what we can do. 
Cam Lynch is our guest. The uh, Orange this week. Cam have another ACC game, another Tobacco Road game after playing North Carolina uh, on one weekend. It's North Carolina State uh, coming up this weekend. And um, as you're probably aware, among the reasons they won the game Saturday, coming back, uh, you know, trailing with a couple minutes to go, but the freshman Tommy DeVito ends up throwing three touchdown passes late in the game, overtime included, of course, and uh, lifting the victory. So the phone's been ringing off the hook here at the radio station all week about who should be the starting quarterback. How about I that? I mean, whoever, whoever has the, you know, whoever has the high hand at the moment, uh, you know, of course, Dungey, he, he deserves the spot. He worked for it, but, you know, when it comes to, come to certain things, you, you give the guys the high hand. So, like you said, that's a, there's a lot of things to question, and that's going to be up to, you know, so I, I'm... What, did we lose you there? Oh. oh. Maybe okay. going once, going twice. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. You cut, you cut yeah. out a little bit. You, yeah, you kind of okay. gave us the idea there. Hot hand, and then what? Yeah, yeah, hot hand. Sorry, military base, uh, bad service. But, I know. But, but, um, but yeah. So whoever has the hot hand, I think Dino Bever is going to make the right decision, and I hope he does coming up. So, um, but like, like I said, whoever has the hot hand, whoever scoring these touchdowns, and whoever gets the best chance to win the game. Talk to me about locker room dynamics, Cam. I think when we talked about the Buccaneers situation again in professional football, it's a little different. That hot hand, he's not paid as much as Jameis Winston, but you had Ryan Fitzpatrick being that hot hand at the start of the year because Jameis was suspended. And I think we all agreed at that level, you ride out Fitz for as long as he was hot. Well, then as soon as he didn't become hot, here comes Jameis back, and he's the face of your franchise. Do the other players, in your case, the other 52 men on the roster, how do they react to who's at quarterback? No, we don't really want to. Have, you know, we have to. But I think whoever gives us the best chance to win, uh, that that's what we go with. And it's up to the head coach. You know, that's why they pay the money they do. And he's the head coach, he's the leader, and he has to make those decisions. So, um, you know, I think I feel like we did it the right way, uh, and I'm hoping Dino do it the right way as well. All right, well, we'll stay tuned uh, here for the end of the week to see how that turns out. And Cam, I know you said you, you live near a military base with your new place down there. We'll let you enjoy the day off, and and uh, we'll somewhere down the line, maybe we'll get a little more consistent uh, service between us, all right? Yeah, most definitely. Thank you. All right, buddy, the uh, Buccaneers this week have the Bengals there on the road in Cincinnati Sunday at uh, 1 o'clock. So that's uh, Cam Lynch and his weekly spot. You know, Paul, I think the difference, there's a lot of differences between college and pro, it's so much easier in the pros to say, well, whoever gives us the best chance to win, of course. Well, of course. In pro football, you're there to win each game come hell or high water. Everybody's getting paid. It's their livelihood. If you get cut, you pick up the scraps and move on. And I'm not advocating Dungy. In other words, when I say that Dungy's going to be a starting quarterback this week, that's that's my opinion about what how it's going to play out. I'm not suggesting at any point that you play a quarterback that you think gives you less chance to win. I'm just saying that for the long haul, for the better part of the team, for what you're trying to accomplish, for the overall arc of the program, et cetera, this is what I think will be the play for this week. Nobody knowingly, coaches don't knowingly and on purpose play lesser players. The The only time I can 
justifiably ever really see that happen is if you have somebody, you know, the old violation of team rules, the uh, there's something destructive going on in your team where you think the better part of what you're trying to accomplish that day is, you know, we're going to, this particular person is not going to be part of who we are because we're going forward, okay? Um, because that person has, has done something that has otherwise set himself or the or the team back and they're benched for that reason. That's about the only time that players are on purpose or coaches are on purpose putting somebody in that they don't think is the very best player that they have at that position. Um, even in college, they're all paid too much to win football games, to win basketball games, and uh, that's the way it goes. So I think in this case, you're going to see it's not so much that – because Eric Dungey's not the hot hand of the two. Again, I think we talked about yesterday, Polly, the optics of it. Who who do you think is going to have the hot hand, (laughs) right? A guy comes in and and comes on in relief in a trailing position – less to lose, starts throwing it around, gets everybody kind of invigorated and wins the game. Of course he's got the hot hand relative to the starter that uh, you replaced on his behalf. If North Carolina moves the ball an inch in that last possession off the interception and kicks a field goal to win the game, how how hot was DeVito's hand? <laughs> right, He didn't then play the overtime um, that you know put him in position to, to look as good as he did. So The defense... The, the whole team yeah. won, but the defense won that game yeah. at the end. In a game where they gave up 37 points? Yeah. But, they, yeah, but I mean, held, again, overtime. Held going into overtime, yeah. and yeah, then o- in overtime, yeah. they held them. Overtime so. uh, deceives you in, in college football because of uh, how easy it is to score. Um, you know, And, again, I, I think DeVito will play on, on Saturday. I think he should. I think, I think they should present the front that both can and will play. I think that's what you want to achieve in the minds of the NC State coaching staff. I think – DeVito deserves the right to play. I think DeVito's got a great future. I think they'll both play. My contention is I would be very surprised if Dungy did not start the game. And we'll have more for you as, as we know it, as that's uh, sort of revealed. You know, we'll hear from uh, Coach Babers again tomorrow on the ACC conference call. Then on his uh, weekly radio show, Brian will be uh, sitting in on that Thursday night. Paulie and I will be at the basketball game as uh, the Orange uh, have an exhibition against the College of St. Rose. And We'll discuss it uh, Thursday and Friday. My question for you is, if he starts DeVito and DeVito lays an egg, right? He goes out there and stinks it up. You got to go back to the guy you just yeah. benched. And I, I don't you, think You brought that up at, yesterday, which was a good point. I don't think they're at the position right now where they need to do that. I agree. Like, maybe a couple games down the road, but, you know, I don't know. I agree with you. If you don't agree, or even if you do, you can give us a shout at 437-7644-315-437-7644. We'll do Do We Care with Tommy when we come back. Can't wait. More of your calls. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to check that <laughs> Put a uh, poll up on super that. <laughs> exciting Twitter poll. Yeah. Do you care? Do you want this segment? We can get into those as we continue. This is ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Welcome back in the booth here on ESPN Radio. We thank Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for joining us on the show. Back tomorrow with uh, Adam Terry, our football analyst. Hope to have a World Series guest before the week is out. Dave Doran, the NC State football coach, slated for Thursday's show as well. Series begins tonight with Game 1. Looking forward to it. Sox and Dodgers will be 
fun to have on in the background while we're getting some work done. So all good stuff coming up there. Let's go to Tony in Syracuse on the phone. Hello, Tony. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, man. How are you? Good. Um, I wanted to call, actually, not about the quarterback situation, Uh because as long as they both play and we win, that's great. Um, I was really wondering about the the health, because I know a couple of the DB uh, defensive backs um, got hurt pretty bad. And then uh, also I wanted to get uh, your opinion of uh, the long snapper, because that was an issue, and I was just curious. Uh, I thought he did pretty good, but uh, I wanted to get a, you know, talk about that. Put it on the poll. Who should be the long snapper? We're going to have a phone-in poll there, Tony. We're going to have everybody in the community can call in about who should who should be the starting long snapper. You know, Aaron Belinsky's done a great job. And here's the only definition I have about it. You're waiting for it to be an issue, and it hasn't. Matt Keller was great for three and a half years. He goes down to a season-ending, and in his case, career-ending injury, and then a freshman pops in. Obviously, this is completely different than the quarterback position, also entirely different circumstances in that it was a debilitating injury. And... Belinsky's been fine because you haven't noticed him. I've mentioned his name a couple of times just to point out that it, you know, first time on the road, first time back at home when he's done the Pittsburgh games and the and the Carolina game. And in my memory, every snap has been clean. And uh, you look to continue that because mistakes by the long snapper are about the only time you notice them. And uh, they can be disastrous because you're talking about missing field goals or extra points or, or uh, not punting it away. And the Syracuse kickers are so good that as long as the rest of that stuff is clean, then uh, those are advantages. As far as the injuries, I don't know that I have any updates coming out of the game. Chris Frederick left the game early and did not return. Fatu Malafanwu uh, played the rest of the way and – Played well, I thought. He was manned up on Anthony Ratliff-Williams, the uh, biggest big play threat for North Carolina, and stuck with him really the entire second half of that game, uh, especially at crunch time. So I think they're in okay shape there, but you obviously can't um, mess around with depth at that position. You'd love to have everybody available. Antoine Cordy, who missed a, a good bit of the Pittsburgh game, came back and I think made an impact in the Carolina game as well with a couple of tackles. He's a hard hitter and the run game, Evan Foster is clearly the hardest hitter in the run game and, and makes stuff happen there. So I think they're okay, but we'll put that on the list. It's a good question to uh, ask Coach Babers before the week is out. I will not be doing a long snapper poll because I can't spell Belinsky. Okay. So that's off the table. And there's no choices. I don't know who the long snapper <laughs> would be after him. Third string. <laughs> Matt Keller is uh, injured. Aaron Belinsky is the only guy on the roster. If it's after him, they're going to have to go to somebody who did it in high school that Hasn't done it in college, and I don't know who that would be at this point. But, uh, Tony, we thank you for the call. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Odell Beckham Jr. went to the locker room during last night's game, and they weren't sure what his reasoning was for doing this until uh, Lisa Saunders said that he was going to the bathroom. Booger McFarlane said that he would have went about this differently. Lisa says, don't worry about Odell, nothing but a bathroom break. What? You know, back in my day, Ted, we, we would do that on the sideline. I didn't need to go to the, to the back for that. We just kind of sit down on the bench and you, you do your business and move on. That's what Bug, we did. Bug, that's too much information. No, it's, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's no, not seriously. Much. No, listen, listen. All these, de- these is- diva wide receivers wanted to go to the bathroom. As a defensive lineman, we didn't go to the bathroom. You sat on the bench, did your business, and you got up. <laughs> oh, boy. That's real, Thank you, Bug. I mean, Bug. that's just real. 
Well, I don't dispute that.